So we've made, or we've successfully made a few things about Austin Matthews already. Uh, this one might actually be legit though. Gunner making a great point when we were talking about Pierre-Luc Dubois, who was linked to the LA Kings over the weekend. Uh, Kings moving Sean Dursey, another Leaf related item, uh, to the Arizona Coyotes to make some room Dubois, like we always thought, oh, he's only going to play in Montreal. Mm -hmm. I think he might make a concession and play in L.A. Yeah, that's pretty good consolation. But the more important point is, if he ends up in L.A. and signs an extension, because I think everything would be contingent on that. For sure. You have a center right depth that does not include Austin Matthews, but that does include, does include, excuse me, Anze Kopitar, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Philip Deneau. Very, very impressive. But more importantly, for people probably listening to this, mm -hmm. there's no room. Well, you can make room for Austin Matthews. But there's no room or no need to go chase a guy like Austin Matthews if he's available in that way. Yeah, and, and I for me... Anytime people have linked the idea of, oh, Austin Matthews isn't going to re-sign with the Leafs, he's going to go elsewhere, and not to say that's not an impossibility. We got to see what happens here. The two scenarios that have always concerned me, and I won't even say worried because I've always believed he's going to re-sign, I still believe that, are the New York Rangers, sexy, Big Apple, there's something about it, Aunt Wayner did it, there's just that, that appeal, and the LA Kings. He wasn't going to be, I don't think he's going to sign up to be a duck, to be a shark. He ain't playing in front of 3,000 people and he knows them all at Mullet Arena in Arizona or Houston or wherever they were going to end up. The only two teams that really, really, really concern me, New York and LA, if they go sign Dubois, again, not to say that it cannot happen, but it really does make it much harder to fit Matthews in, especially because given everything we just talked about, he's not going to say, ah, just give me 10 to make it work. No, yeah. he's going to get his money wherever he goes. So that's, uh, it, it's very much about Austin Matthews and the Leafs. Should that deal come to fruition? Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing that would ever be, you'd ever have to worry about to me was LA. Like, cause mm -hmm. you're, if you want to be a hockey celebrity, yep. there's no place like where you're at right now. For sure. That is the platform to be a hockey celebrity. But if you wanted to just be a celebrity celebrity mm -hmm. and he wanted to be about more, something more than just hockey, if you wanted to just be, if, if maybe hockey was secondary, you could go to L.A. Mm -hmm. and you can do a lot of stuff and you can be in TV shows. Yeah. You can do this, this and that. It and you look can, like an L.A. And you cool not guy. really get recognized. Like, he could have it all in L.A. if he wanted that. Mm -hmm. But if you want to be a hockey celebrity, the place for you is Toronto. And I don't think, even frankly, New York would give him the same thing that Toronto would give him. Like, New York's kind of both. Like, mm -hmm. you can be a hockey celebrity, you can be a celebrity, you can be anything, I guess, in New York. Yep. Uh, and he could certainly find himself comfortable there. I'm sure it wouldn't be that big of an issue. But L.A. was the different thing. Mm -hmm. And if you wanted the different thing, I think that's what you'd be worried about. And again, they can move. They can figure out a way to get oh, yeah. Matthews if they really want him. But the fact that they're chasing another center in Pierre-Luc Dubois might not be the worst thing in the world. And, like, people, people are down on Dubois. I've seen Pierre-Luc Dubois absolutely dominate yep. uh, before in the bubble, Good rock player. star against Tampa Bay. So I feel like he's got more to give, even if he couldn't give it to the Winnipeg Jets, at least in full. Uh, let's get back to the Blue Jays with our next guest, Shai Davidi, Sportsnet, MLB columnist and insider. Good morning, Shai. Good morning. So we were talking about uh, how good the weekend was for the Blue Jays. Uh, was it catharsis? Was it uh, just like a, you know, a brilliant weekend? Was it just a good weekend? I I'm not really sure where I, where I fall on that because I, I can't shake Friday night out of my memory just completely. But seeing Vladimir Guerrero Jr. take massive steps forward, seeing two really good starting pitching performances from Barrios and Kikuchi on Saturday and Sunday, how would you categorize the weekend that was against a lesser opponent, frankly, in the Oakland Athletics? Uh, let's call it fine, right? Uh, 
in a sense, it was the minimum. Like, you've got to win that series. Uh, you probably want to sweep it, but the minimum you need to do is win the series. So you, know, you check that box. But the the bigger piece that you alluded to, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. got the first uh, two home runs at home for him this season. So that that was probably cathartic a, a little bit. Uh, good word there that for him because he'd certainly been feeling it and he certainly knew but it, it, it more that if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. starts locking in and look we'll get a better sense when he starts facing some stiffer opposition than the Oakland Athletics but for him to start hitting the ball with that that same authority that he has in the past and to actually get some results and not just you know to, to get those lasers but that don't really do much uh, that's good. And, and ultimately, look, this is a team that was, had lost three series in a row before they, they pulled out a series victory against the Marlins. They needed uh, to keep the positive momentum going. And uh, they did that with, by, by taking two or three from Oakland. Yeah, I, you know, obviously a lot of it's going to be focused on Vladdy, and I, I, I think rightfully so. You know, you you referenced it there, how hard he's been hitting the ball this year. The barrel rate is out of this world. The average exit velo, all of that shows that there was a there was a chance that this was coming, and of course we've seen it. So I, I'm not sitting here telling you I'm I'm super surprised. I think the most encouraging part about having the big results weekend from him his perspective is that the chase rate has been so high, and I think that if you just see success for a player like him, it's only natural that that's going to allow you to be just a touch more patient because you're not pressing. Do you think that that's the element of this that maybe could allow this to, you know, and again, it's baseball. He can go over over three uh, tomorrow night. Like these, these things happen. But do you think that that element of it, specifically seeing the results will potentially allow him to be more patient? Cause to me, that's been the thing that's been kind of holding him back was the, the lack of patience, especially when we think of what he was as a hitter when he first broke into the big leagues. Yeah, and if you look at all the, I guess, predictive numbers and the underlying stats in terms of what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was doing at the plate, I mean, it was the, the, the chase rate was the one where he was not among the elite in baseball and everything else is essentially, you know, the average exit velocity, hard hit percentage, barrel percentage, uh, max exit velo, expected batting average, expected slug, all, all those all those numbers were, were elite. But, yeah, it, it did at times look like he was trying to force the issue. And, uh, to me, I thought it was telling that on the Saturday after Guerrero hit the home run, John Schneider checked in with him in the pregame and just said to him, quick little message, just said, hey, don't budge from the approach from last night. And uh, that, to me, is illustrative that he did take a bit of a step forward in that. And, and look, sometimes, I guess, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Marcus Simeon last week in Texas, and Simeon said that, one of the adjustments that every good player has to make is that there are times where you know, you're wanting to do damage and the uh, opposing pitchers just aren't going to give you that pitch to do some damage on. And how do you handle that? That, that becomes a bit of a test. And that's probably where Guerrero was at a little bit in terms of he was trying to really force the issue. 
Uh, and when he wasn't getting the, the types of, wasn't swinging at the type of pitches he could do damage on, well, then, you know, you, you start seeing some of the results. And his talent shows in that he's still able to hit the ball really hard, but it's not, you're not getting the type of optimal uh, contact or the type of contact that's going to produce results. So uh, that, that's definitely a factor. Uh, there are probably some other things going on too, uh, but that, that to me suggests if he's able to hold that approach, uh, that, that may be the piece that allows uh, the hot streak to maybe have a little bit more of sustainability to it. Yeah, sometimes it can be as simple as just seeing it fly uh, out of the ballpark, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. got that chance uh, twice over the weekend, hitting a pair of home runs, his first at Rogers Center uh, this season. Uh, to Yusei Kikuchi's credit, he became a big part of the story, at least yesterday, uh, in terms of conversation topics. Uh, maybe it helped that Vladdy hit his home runs, uh, you know, not in his start. Um, but Yusei Kikuchi, definitely the story uh, yesterday, uh, pitching into the seventh inning, pitching through the seventh inning, longest start as a Blue Jay, asking to go back out there and getting that opportunity. What, what, when you say Kikuchi's on and he's been on pretty much since Alec Manoa was sent back to Florida, what are his keys? Like, what did he do differently yesterday than he did, say, you know, in one of his lesser starts in May? Well, there's a couple pieces to that. The first one is the, the struggles in May really coincided with his slider morphing, inadvertently morphing into a bit of a cut fastball. And that's just not a good shape for it, and it's not a good pitch. And so, you know, the, the pitch starts getting a little too hard. He loses some of the break. It ends up being just in the zone too much, and it takes a lot of damage. And so, uh, you know, after the start he had in Tampa Bay, which was a bit of a rough one for him, he immediately started really keying on how to just change the shape of that pitch a little bit and it's adjusting in grip and uh, release point and stuff like that. And uh, that's one piece of it. The other piece is that he started using the curveball a little bit more. And that curveball is a pitch that he started working on or started locking in during spring training and has increasingly become better and better for him. And so that gave him this other weapon where it's, uh, it's another uh, aside from it being another breaking ball, it's also a change of pace pitch for him. So now he's got three speeds where he's got something in the you know high 70s, low 80s that he can throw to hitters. He's got the slider, which well, if it's kind of in the right range, it's going to be, say, 86, 88-ish. And that's sort of the medium velocity pitch. And then he's got the fastball, which is going to be you know 94 to 96. And at that point, he's able to get all those pitches out of the same release point, and now you've got hitters really guessing in terms of which direction the ball is going to go. So that's the the dramatic step forward. And, uh, you know, I know that a lot of people are are pointing to uh, yesterday and how great that start was, and it certainly was, and and it was a breakthrough in some ways. But uh, I also think the, the start, in Miami against the Marlins before that was equally, if not more so important for him and, and definitely for the team. Uh, but what we're really seeing from him is uh, him stepping up in, in a time of need for the Blue Jays from a, from a starting pitching perspective and, uh, you know, the full, full credit to him for delivering in that moment. 
Fan Morning Show here. Brent Cunning, Justin Cuthbert, talking to talking to Shai Davidi. Jay is coming off a series win uh, against the A's. So we talk about Kikuchi there and the strides he's making. Uh, can't all be happy and positive when it comes to Blue Jays pitching. Chris Bassett, uh, he's coming off three rough outings now. Two of those against Baltimore and Texas. Obviously, very capable offenses. One of them the best in, in all of the big leagues this year. Uh, the A's obviously aren't that. Where's your concern level with Bassett? I'll be honest, this is more of what I expected to see uh, when they made the signing than what than the earlier results we saw, but I don't want to poo-poo what he had earlier in this month. You know, he was nails against Houston. He was really, really good against the Mets as well, uh, right right before dashing back home for for the birth of the kids. So, wh- where are you at on Bassett? Where's the concern level? Uh, low. I mean, Chris Bassett is. Uh, this is a dip. He's uh, he's a really good pitcher, and. He's going to recover from this. I have no doubt that he's going to be more like the version uh, of himself that's been earlier in the season than later. Uh, you know, I also think that from a contextual perspective, it's important to remember that this Blue Jays rotation has been almost three weeks now been going uh, on uh, as essentially as a format that there have been uh, a few off days that. The, this staff hasn't been able to capitalize on and, and get advantage on because the Blue Jays have been trying to skip uh, the fifth spot as much as possible. So, so the the starters have really borne the brunt of that. And I don't know that it's directly correlated uh, to Chris Bassett's uh, recent dip, but it's certainly not helping. And so uh, for me, i not concerned i don't think that this is uh i don't think that this is a sign that he, he's had a rough patch he's just battling his location a little bit right now once he once he's able to get through that i think he'll be fine and um you know i just i just don't think that this is uh, a, a major area to worry about for the blue jays I'm going to get ahead of a story that's probably already going to annoy or going to annoy me at least by the end of the week. But right now it's set up for, you know, three games beginning tomorrow with San Francisco, Gosman, Bassett, Barrios in the rotation, Kikuchi Friday against Boston, which leaves you with a bullpen day potentially on Canada Day and the big celebration. Uh, does it matter who pitches on Canada Day or at least who gets the ball to start on Canada Day? Shy, am I, uh, are we going to be talking about this all week? Is there anything they can do to, uh, you know, prevent a little bit? Uh, or at least temper uh, some of the uh, consternation for a potential bullpen day on a celebratory day for the Toronto Blues. Are we going to have a Vladdy Victoria Day situation regarding the starting pitching is really what he's asking here, Shai. Yes, that's, that's the way I wanted to put it. Well, I mean, if you're suggesting that uh, is it going to be Alec Manoa coming up and, like, should he... Uh, Look, uh, the Blue Jays have made it pretty clear that they're going to give Alec Manoa the runway to get right, and it's not the the it's a, it's a funny comparable, but it's not a, it's not a suitable one, right? Because the Victoria Day was the Blue Jays just decided to that that was the day that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. needed some rest. And as, as they could have done it on the Sunday in Chicago going into that Victoria Day. Instead, they decided to do it on the Monday at home. And then it, uh, it turned into a, a little bit of a, of a tire fire for them when people said, hey, you know, if we've got a holiday Monday, why aren't we seeing Vlad? And, and, uh, and the, 
you know, the consequences were fell out accordingly. Here, there's no real option for the Blue Jays. It's not like, you know, if you if you don't feel Alec Manoa is 100% right, rushing him back is absolutely the worst thing to do. You can't be thinking about one start versus the context of having him be effective for the final two months or two and a half months of the season. So, you know, you're not going to rush Alec Manoa for that reason. Uh, and then outside of that, it's like, okay, well, who's going to start? You, you don't really have that obvious option. So you're probably looking at Trevor Richards again uh, with, you know, Baron Francis coming behind him in, in a bit of a bulk role. And maybe Baron Francis is showing you enough that you say, okay, maybe we just let him have a start, uh, a traditional start and see where that goes. Uh, but again, Trevor Richards has been so effective for the Blue Jays uh, in a number of different roles this season. You know, you, you really trust him, and, and so the Blue Jays could end up going that way as well. So, I, I get the comparison. Uh, I just think that they're vastly different situations, and I, I'm, I get why Blue Jay fans want Alec Manoa back right now. Certainly, from a from a need perspective, it'd be great. But the Blue Jays have to do right by Alec Manoa here uh, and make sure that when he gets back, he's got a chance to be the best version of himself. Yeah, I mean, we would all love a, uh, well, I guess we wouldn't want a Willis Reed moment because we want him to be healthy. But we would love the moment of him coming, charging out of those bullpen doors and look who it is. But you're right. They have to be pragmatic about this because for everything Kevin Gosman is for this team right now, the best long-term version when you're looking at the whole kind of Bichette and Guerrero window is to have Alec Manoa be the best version of himself alongside that. Where where are we at on him? Uh, have we heard any updates? I know he's been pitching in uh, in some sim games as well. Obviously, the team is going to be pretty cautious in terms of putting too hard and fast a timeline on this. Do we have any indication of when when uh, a return could be coming for him? Well, there he's going to be, uh, at least according to the plan, pitching in uh, either a Florida Complex League game or a Florida State League game. Uh, this week, that's really the next step for him. And that the Blue Jays are seeing progress. They liked what what they saw in his last in uh, in his last simulated game. He threw a, a side over the weekend, and everything is just about him locking down uh, a couple things in his delivery. They feel that. He'd created a couple of bad habits in terms of his uh, his his mechanics, and that was was causing some of the the command issues that that he was fighting. Uh, you know, really reducing the effectiveness of the slider and causing some of the arm side misses with his fastball. And they're just trying to get him back to the delivery that he had in the past and. Working at the the complex, he's able to get into the pitching lab. They're able to break down the delivery a little bit uh, more thoroughly than they are at the dome right now. And we'll see where he's at after this uh, this upcoming start. So it could be uh, in the next couple of days that they were kicking around a couple of different options because the scheduling for both of those minor league teams wasn't uh, wasn't sort of ideal. Uh, and so, you know, that that outing will be uh, a really important test and will determine the next steps for him. 
Do you think that, and again, I understand that the, as you just said, the outing is going to determine where they, where they go with this, but do you think the plan would ideally be to get him in a kind of higher minor a game, maybe, or sorry, a higher minor league game, maybe double a triple a. Do you think that there's a world where they see what they see? And I'm not saying this very next outing, but a couple more of these, these uh, complex league games that that'll be enough for them to push them right back to the big leagues. Or do you think there'll be kind of a couple levels to this? I could see him going to AAA for, you know, an outing or two perhaps there as well. You know, there was, I guess there was maybe one scenario where if everything locked in and, uh, you know, maybe the Blue Jays could have brought him up for that candidate game. But my sense was that they ultimately just said, let's make sure that this is 100% locked in for him and let's not push him too quickly and then maybe lose some of the progress that that he's made because all of a sudden you're on a big league mound and you don't want him thinking about his mechanics when he's back out in the big league mound. You want it to be uh, embedded as muscle memory for him and so that he can just get out there and focus on competing. And so because of that, I can see there being some more runway, uh, you know, with it being just the the two more starts that you need out of the fifth spot of the rotation between now and the All Star break, uh, you know I would guess that we don't see him back before the before the All Star break. That he returns maybe at some point after that. Uh, again, all, all dependent on on everything being right. And you know, given that sort of runway, it would look like he'd have. Uh, you know, the, the, certainly the schedule, the, the it would be logical for him to make a progression at AAA and then return to the to the big leagues. Well, it'll be uh, fascinating nonetheless, the next steps for Alec Manoa. We're looking forward to seeing him wherever he's pitching uh, next. Uh, we appreciate you making time for us this morning, Shy, and uh, yeah, we'll do this again soon. Yeah, no problem, guys. Have a great week. You as well. That's Shai Davidi, sports and MLB columnist and insider. I, I guess my, I wasn't actually thinking Alec Manoa. No. My thinking there on July 1 was, hey, do you prioritize Saturday over maybe Friday and go with the bullpen day Friday, uh, give Yusei Kikuchi six days rest, which is something he'd be accustomed Mm to, uh, and let him have the spotlight on a candidate today? I... Like, I get get, get the pushback on that. I know Kikuchi's better, okay? Do we really, do we really feel, uh, let's just workshop this, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah, let's you do and it. I, we're buds. I'm going to pretend we're more friends than we are. We get along <laughs> fine. We don't spend time together outside of work. You and I are, we're great we friends. We may golf once this, this summer. We might, maybe. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping this weekend, and I know, I know we're all busy, okay? So, or this week. Anyways, we got, we're headed down to the game, and we're grousing. We're like, oh, on the, on the birthday of our country, they're going to give us a bullpen day. And then, like manna from heaven, we get a tweet notification from the guy who was just on, Shai Davidi, saying, it's not going to be a bullpen day. It's going to be, you say, Kikuchi, people. Mm. You, you go from a three out of ten excited to four and a half. No. Five? <laughs> well, maybe we build up, you say, Kikuchi a little bit too much on the yeah, show generally. Okay. That's all I'm trying to but say here. That's not, it, you, you're not getting Gosman. Okay. okay? But then you it would, doesn't you matter. You would much prefer you say Kikuchi over the bullpen day. If you were just a fan heading <laughs> sure. down, you're taking not the enough, kids, not you're enough, getting excited. Not enough to move things around. And and I think really the thing that's most concerning about doing that is you do open yourself up to 
ample criticism for sure. Like if you're John Schneider, you just shrug the shoulders and be like, this is how it's set up. I mean, right. like, I didn't even know Canada was born yeah, we on could, this day. We couldn't really do much about it. This is always in the cards, but if you make that adjustment and they get the doors blown off them mm -hmm. Friday, exactly. and then you say Kikuchi struggles, yeah. the truest outcome pitcher, at least in yeah. my opinion, <laughs> struggles against a pretty good Boston Red Sox mm -hmm. team on Saturday. You're down two games on one of the celebratory weekends yeah, for the tough. Toronto Blue Jays. Then you really open yourselves up to criticism. You, you stay the course just because you should stay the course to keep things at, there's going to be chatter, but you keep it, you keep the noise to a minimum as much as possible. If you just go with what, it, it, what is planned right now, that's, that's where I fall to. If it was a case of Gosman's going to get six days, if you don't pitch him on Canada day and he gets five on Canada, day, then I could be talked into, come on, it's Kevin Gosman. He's a stud. He'll be fine on five days. Go ahead, do the thing, mm -hmm. make people happy. But for you say Kikuchi, come on. <laughs> Not a chance. I, I expected zero Kikuchi slander today, but we got just just a hint of it there. I will I, say I don't want to do it. It's just you're, you're talking him up too much. No, it's true. It is true. It's 100% true. It's not Kevin Gosman, but we will see Kevin Gosman on six days rest tomorrow with the San Francisco Giants in town. And we know what six days rest or the extra day rest. He'll, he'll feature in the wake and rake. What, yeah, what, <laughs> what that does to Kevin Gosman is usually a great thing. And that's the type of thing. Maybe you'd wait an extra day to get mm. the, the, the guaranteed mm -hmm. good Gosman. Not that it isn't normally good Gosman. Uh, let's get to something to chew on uh, brought to you by Great Canadian Meats. Yum, yum, yum. So I'm not, are you a big F1 guy? I uh, I was a fake F1 guy during pandemic, and I still uh, I check in with Daniele regarding my beloved Ferrari and Charles Leclerc every once in a while. Mm. But uh, so fake F1 guy. Well, good. Uh, if you're a fake F1 guy and you support Ferrari, this is the time to be fake. As okay. far as I know, it's been a rough go. So for my Ferrari. My, my understanding uh, when I started watching the Drive to Survive series was I was basically like buying in low. You know, they're a blue blood F1 team. Schumacher, they're not going to suck forever. Uh, they they still kind of suck. Uh, and it's actually a lot like cheering for mm -hmm. the Leafs because uh, Charles Leclerc is like first or second in qualifying and then somehow finishes sixth every week. So it's great. It's actually like cheering for the Leafs in a sport I don't care about. So I get to torture myself even in an off season. Well, I wouldn't even fake being a fake okay. F1 guy. And even, like, I understand that that's not good to be dropping uh, that far when it's time to, to perform. Uh, I will give this nugget though. Uh, apparently Ryan Reynolds, who struck out with the Ottawa Senators, buying into Alpine? Mm -hmm. Racing is it Alpine Racing Team? Yeah, the Alpine Team, uh, Ocon, Esteban Ocon, Esteban Ocon. My, that's my wife's guy. So Alpine, I've been told. Alpine. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, there you go. I, I, I'm not fooling anyone. I would have never said Alpine. If I said Alpine, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have even trusted it because that seems wrong. You, but, you had the Raptors draft pick on your mind. Right. <laughs> yeah. But Ryan Reynolds, uh, you know, not doing the hockey thing because he wasn't chosen, doing mm -hmm. the F1 thing instead. Interesting because he's a big content guy, yep. making content for Wrexham, wanted to make content for the Ottawa Senators. Mm -hmm. Well, there's already content for F1. Will he be able to scratch the itch owning 24% of Alpine. I think he just likes being in rich guy circles, I think is the itch. The itch is being around rich guys and they're like, wow, look how suave and handsome I am. When I hang out with my actor friends, I'm just a dude. But here, I feel like a million bucks. Everybody loves me. I'm so cool. The one thing I will say is obviously F1 is like a quote unquote better investment. We see the huge business that it is worldwide. I don't know how fun it would be 
to be an F1 owner. Like, I guess you love cars. You're cruising around the paddock and stuff. But I don't know. Just being an owner of, like, a North American team sport or even, like, a, a soccer team or something, it just seems much more much more appealing to me than than owning not even – I know it's 24%, but a quarter – of an F1 team. Seems yeah, odd. I will say, though, celebrity lifestyle, uh, pretty good if you're, like, <laughs> associated with F1. Oh, like we, this is true. We were talking uh, before the Montreal Grand Prix two weekends ago. We had a couple guests mm-hmm. on, uh, and they're all talking about, hey, we're, uh, you know, next week we're going here, and we're doing Vegas in a month, and we're yep. doing this, that. And Globe it trotting. Like it's basically just a traveling circus that only goes to premier destinations, is which is awesome. So if he gets to do that, that's great. You're saying there's no Columbus on the F1 there's circuit. There's no Columbus on, on the F1 circuit. However... I think you're right. I mean, I think it would be more fun. I don't know. Maybe it'd be more fun for a Canadian, which Ryan Reynolds is, is. to own a hockey team because you might be able to get to do more. And owning and selling hockey teams right now, pretty hot. Mm -hmm. I mean, there might be the opportunity with Gary Bettman swooning over you to get into the next Mm -hmm. potential ownership situation with Larry Tannenbaum selling a bit. We got Jeffrey Vinnick selling a bit with Tampa. Mm-hmm. We've got the Ottawa Senators uh, exchanging hands. Andrew Lars' stake is up for the Canadians, lots, you'd have to imagine. Exactly. Right? Lots of things going on right now. You'd think if Ryan Reynolds just maybe waited, he could do something that might be more fulfilling, but maybe that's me, just me projecting me onto Ryan Reynolds, who just wants to be in Monaco every year. That's very possible as well. I mean, he could, I know this is nuts as well. He could just go to Monaco Anytime he wants, right? He could just not be a part of it and just travel <laughs> with F1 if he wanted to. And I bet if he wanted to, I now correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not. He could get a pass to the paddock. I think I have been <laughs> now it wasn't F1. It was IndyCar. I've been poking around a paddock and sitting in the. What's it like on a paddock? Uh, loud. Yeah. Loud and smells like oil. That might be just that alone. <laughs> the noise might be enough to be like, you know what? I'm out on this. Obviously, I don't correct me if I'm wrong. Obviously, in my opinion, the best team to own would be an NBA team, like your court side. You could be like dapping up your guys. You could be like Cuban. That is the most fun one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, F1 to me pales in comparison to owning like a, a a team. Like it honestly, it's obviously a bigger business. It's more important. It's cooler. But I would almost rather own Wrexham, which she does. Yeah, I mean, the, the good thing, excuse me, for Ryan Reynolds might be that he could own more. Yeah, uh, it's true. It's good to be Ryan Reynolds as we've How figured out How did he get so much money? Recently. Like, I know he's, I know, like, his well, wife's sells, an actor He as well. sold something, a business that was, wor- like, I guess he's a bit of a businessman. Oh, I feel like he was involved with some, some mobile, mobile company. Some mobile company. Yeah, and, okay, hey, gin, tequila. I but again, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's endless. I don't think it's endless for Ryan Reynolds. It's no. good. I don't think it's endless. Though. Yeah, and... As we saw with the way he tried to, let's be honest, weasel his way into an ownership group in the NHL, which he had no business in. It's like, you don't have to have all of that money. You can yeah. you can finance it. And we don't need to go down this rabbit hole, but we all watch succession of finance guys yeah. and stock deals and other things. Tell you what, I, I respect Michael Anlauer because it wasn't like he was just grabbing every celebrity that wanted to be involved. He's no. just like, no, some Ottawa, local Ottawa yeah. people, but it's going to be me. Yeah, which is the whole point. What would be the point of, like, yeah. Again, like, Cool for him, but he owns not, again, it's 24%. Like, it's as close as you can be. It's not even a quarter. So, <laughs> yeah. cool, I guess. I don't yeah. know. It, no, it's it's probably pretty cool. So, congratulations sure. to Ryan Reynolds. I would take it. If someone wants to give me 24% stake in an F1 team, would take. Yeah, 100%. Even, I'd probably empty my bank accounts for it mm. as well. If you yeah, wanted to make good. me pay a little bit I was going to say, good investment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good ROI. Uh, on that one. So yeah, Ryan Reynolds can make content, uh, but it might not be better than the, you know, the the content around the entire Mm -hmm. F1 circuit. Uh, We will do winners and losers 
after the break. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the Fan, the NHL Awards are tonight. And I'm hoping to be a winner because I've been talking about Jimmy Montgomery. Got a Jack ticket waiting to cash as well. All year. I play, sh- can I brag for a second? Yes, I want you to. I played it. So I, I jumped on. There were two I jumped on at the beginning-ish, or like 20, 15 games into the season. Okay. That's, was, that's the time to be betting NHL awards, by the way. Jim Montgomery and Bruce Cassidy. And maybe a month later, I cashed out on Cassidy Ooh, nice. at a, on top of my initial investment, and I am going to bang that win on Jim Montgomery tonight. I think, honestly, like I'd never put this into practice. But if you just, like, if I had to devote a year's salary to betting the Jack Adams award, yeah. I guarantee I could, like, <laughs> not not break even, not just be like, oh, you'll get your money back. I guarantee that I could, like, really make advances on my salary. I'll never do it, but I feel like there won't be a year where I won't have a winning ticket for the mm. Jack Adams because it is so, it's easy to build a narrative early. It's true. It's easy to react because it's so slow moving. Yeah. And if you get Jim Montgomery at plus 150 and have to put a lot of money on it at mm-hmm. the end just to win, yeah. then you do it because there's generally not that many surprises. I should probably not talk too much because if there's a surprise tonight, I will be very, very disappointed. Yeah, then we get to complain tomorrow. And a just massive loser. A massive loser if Jim Montgomery doesn't take home the Jack Adams tonight. But that's okay because I expect him to. At the 2023 NHL Awards tonight in Nashville, 8 p.m. Eastern on Sportsnet, our pal Ailish Forfar will be, I believe, on the red carpet. Wow. Content play after content play. Uh, okay, let's do winners and losers. And I want you to explain something to me or someone to me to start it. Because got I it. I got Keegan Bradley as a winner, of okay. course. He won on the PGA Tour for the sixth time at the Travelers. Uh, he did it on home soil, which is very, very fun. New mm-hmm. England guy, New England win. Uh, not the best. Uh, we'll get to losers in a second when it's uh, associated to golf. But Keegan Bradley's a real interesting guy to mm-hmm. me. Like just absolutely, and it was an easy course. Yep. That's part of the loser uh, thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just seems like he's a guy who can be elite for like a couple days, mm-hmm. couple times a year. Yep, has multiple wins, has a major has early a major. on. Yep, it's he's just uh, he's one of the more confounding figures in golf to me. And I want you to just explain him like I'm five. Can I throw one more interesting slash weird Keegan Bradley yes. fact to yes. you? If I told you that he is one of the handful of golfers that is sponsored by. Jordan apparel. That's another weird yeah, thing. Yeah, that's pretty yes. shocking. Uh, just fun story that I always think of is that he was talking trash to Michael Jordan when they were playing golf together because, you know, you're sponsored by Jordan. You get to play golf with Jordan. And uh, Jordan shut him up pretty quickly by saying, just remember, never in your life will anybody be wearing Air Keegans, okay? Uh, <laughs> so that's my favorite Keegan Bradley fact. Nice. This is, this is a point I've been kind of hammering home about golf is that with how good the young talent in the game is now, it warps our expectations of what a successful pro golfer is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And it looks like Keegan Bradley. 
it's a guy who's lost it in the wilderness for two years and he can't find the club face. He's barely egging onto his tour card. He's not getting in the playoffs. It's a guy who won a major super early on in his career. It's a guy who has more wins than I think most people would think in six. This is what most good golfers used to look like. Now they look like Hovland and Tony Finau and John Rahm and Colin Morikawa and they're ripping off not just wins but majors super early on and they're continuing to do so. Keegan Bradley is one of these guys who has the game that will be streaky. He's a great putter too so anytime you're that it's going to just keep you in contention in in events and yeah the home the home course thing obviously helps him out a ton but that's that's kind of my prevailing sentiment of Keegan Bradley is that that is our expectations of what a good golfer is have been warped. He has now been lapped and passed by so many guys. But with that win, that's going to big time put him in contention for the Ryder Cup team this year. Like that is very, very much in play. So uh, yeah, good putter, good enough ball striker. And the fact that he, the fact that he's won early on in his career, he knows how to win. So when he's in contention, he doesn't gack it away. He knows how to put his foot down, albeit on an easier track. Those typically go a little better for him. Uh, and yeah, that's uh, that that's your Keegan Bradley, like your five. Aside from the major, uh, is he uh, is he Ricky Fowler before Ricky Fowler is Ricky Fowler? No, the exact opposite. Actually, I think he is uh, like just super super nerdy. Uh, like he doesn't seem but that way now. In terms of like, okay, lost it. Like is yep. Ricky on that trajectory where he's going to have the second wind? Mm, no. Ricky Fowler's chance to have the second win was was winning it. In terms of Keegan Bradley, I think you're going to just see little bits and starts like this. He He's had runs like this a couple of years ago. He got himself on a President's Cup team. This is what it looks like for a guy who is a really solid golfer. It, you know, sometimes it does look like Fowler where they get lost forever and then they find it and he's in the mix a bunch here. Bradley, the difference is, is that... He can actually close. He can actually mm. win. And I'm not talking about Fowler never being able to do that because he had massive wins. They were just half a decade ago now, whereas Bradley has been somebody who every couple of years has been able to rip one off. And then that's why he is a President's Cup guy. That's why he'll be in contention for a Ryder Cup team. Uh, two losers associated with uh, the Travelers over the weekend, which was far from compelling. I'm sorry, Keegan Bradley, but it was not. Uh, CBS, like because Keegan Bradley, mm-hmm. Bradley was actively melting down yep. Late, and he was so far ahead that it didn't, it didn't matter. matter. Yep. Uh, so, you know, CBS, uh, definitely a loser. I don't think many people were drawn to the television sets. I nope. don't think Twitter was a buzz. I don't uh, think many text hands, message. Hands on the table. As a golf guy, I was watching the women's major. So there that you. tells you right there how compelling that was. There you go. And Ailish Farfar, also a loser because she could not keep Keegan Bradley's name out of her mouth <laughs> when we were doing Fan X Cup picks. And then she didn't pick him. She didn't pick Keegan Bradley despite wanting to, and she would have been even farther ahead than she already is. I actually had Ailish as a winner, though. Oh. She was a Tootsie's. Venn diagram. Yeah, she was a Tootsie's last night, so uh, yeah. way better night than either of us had. So there you go. Yeah, that is true. Uh, let's do some hockey, uh, and I've only got losers for hockey, unfortunately. Yeah. Tori Crew. Oh, like, you do? I have a winner. Okay. Give me your winner. Let's be positive for hockey first. Us. We got NHL scuttlebutt. We have been begging for it all. Now, we wanted Brad Treliving to be involved in this. Mm -hmm. You know, we can complain good or bad about uh, how we feel about whatever move could have got made. That would have been the dream, dream, dream scenario. We need it, okay? We're past the NBA draft. Free agency's not kicking up in either sport yet. We are in the time of the baseball season now where things are settling in. But let's be honest. We love it when multiple sports are going on, not just baseball. So we needed some NHL scuttlebutt and 
not that I like in a perfect world, one of these trades would have gone through so we could have some actual certainty as to what's happening here. But the fact that the rumor mill is just going to keep on churning, we could talk about Tory Krug all week long. Who knows what Dubois extension is mm-hmm. going to look like. So I think as a whole, me and you, anyone who cares about hockey and talking about it, we're winners because we got some hot scuttlebutt this weekend. Undoubtedly the best time to be covering hockey professionally, if being a fan is right now, mm-hmm. uh, especially covering it because you get to go to Nashville and do your work, which is actual fun work when there work. are things happening Big while quotes. you're in Nashville. Good week to be covering uh, the NHL for sure. Not a great week to be Tory Krug, though, because like, okay, the, the, the lay of the land for Tory Krug, Kevin Hayes likely going to St. Louis mm-hmm. if it weren't for the fact that Tory Krug has a no trade clause that he is exercising. Mm-hmm. He refuses How dare he? to leave St. Louis for Philadelphia, which makes all the sense in the word. Yes. world. Uh, St. Louis isn't necessarily a Stanley Cup contender. At least. Would you like to get yelled at by trots every day? But that's no. that the, that trots. Or sorry, a torts. Well, Philly. I just wouldn't want to be in Philly because Philly is a disaster right now. No. Right? No. Philly is actively a, a bad, tearing down. A bad team going with a coach to who loves terrible. to scream. Yeah, it's not going to be fun uh, to be there. So I understand why he's doing it. But when you do say, uh, no, nah, I'm not going anywhere despite <laughs> you wanting to trade me, everybody hates you. Right? Yep. Like your team, Like people were talking about this on Twitter. <laughs> Maybe your teammates don't. It doesn't bother you. But I feel like it would a little bit, or it would bother some people. Might bother them if he's playing bad. But other than your teammates, everybody hates you. The front office hates Mm -hmm. you because they can't deal you. People in Philly hate you because you won't come. The the people who cover and the fans hate you because you're holding up an interesting deal. Like, you lose if you exercise your no-trade clause, unfortunately, and as crazy as that sounds. The people who cover the team definitely are upset with Tory Krug. And again, I obviously we're very curious to see what the full deal looks like. If if I'm a Blues fan, I'm probably putting my hand up and saying, thank God, Tory Krug, because I don't want any part of that Kevin Hayes contract. This really? guy, he was a captain of his team who was just scratched last year. Makes a ton of money. There's still a ton of term left. If... If there was no cap, I would love to have Kevin Hayes on my team, but there is a cap and all that stuff matters. So I actually, I could very much see a possibility where there's a lot of blues fans there saying, uh, Tori Krug is a guy who, who lost to us in a cup final and is a great player in this league. And we know what he can, he can give us. Kevin Hayes is a, there's a chance he can refine it. There's a chance he can be this. And we know centers are hard to find but so are defensemen like Tory Krug. So I totally get what you're saying there, but mm-hmm. if I'm just putting myself, I'm Billy Blues fan, I'm probably going, had a boy, Tory, stick it to the man. Hold that, hold your line. I, I think, well, I mean, just the way the teams are set up, like one wants to be better, one wants to mm-hmm. be worse. Just that alone, be like, okay, if we see the entire deal, maybe it'll be beneficial to the St. Louis Blues. Maybe Tory Krug yep. doesn't have that much left. You know, he hasn't been as impact, as impactful as they wished he would be when he moved on. Doesn't look all that great on Doug Armstrong, who didn't give yep. a, a no move Pete. to yep. Alex Petrangelo, but did with Tory Krug, and now it's biting him yep. in the ass. It's not uh, not the best look for the guy that we were talking Petrangelo about. Petrangelo hasn't won. Oh, wait. Yeah, he's, yeah, just he's, won the he's, cup. A, he's yeah. a pretty prime performer in, in big spots. So a little disappointing, I think, uh, if you're the St. Louis Blues, to not being able to do what... You know, the move that there is there yep. that could help you transform things a little bit, even if it's not necessarily the right one. And even though you're getting a flyer, there's not many people that you 
want to take a flyer on uh, from Philadelphia, at least uh, the latest versions that we've seen. But if all of a sudden Travis Konechny's coming to Leafs, I think we'll twist ourselves into believing that it can help the Maple Leafs in a big way. Yeah, I've, I've been so hot and bothered about Konechny. And then I was talking to, I think it was, yeah, it was Peg Note on, on Saturday. And he said the Leafs were kicking tires on, on Scott Lawton for the 28th overall pick. And it's like, ooh, a worse Konechny. I would like the better guy. Uh, but yeah, Konechny is obviously from the Flyers. If you're just kind of picking up the carcass there, he is exactly what this team needs. He can score. He can provide some bite. He's got a little bit of a chip. Uh, very much a dream, dream scenario for the Leafs to get that guy. But tough to make it work with the cap, even though there's only two years left. So how many times have we heard that with the Leafs before? Yes. Uh, and listen, uh, it's we're not in winner or loser territory yet, but we need to see something here from Bradshaw Living, I think, this week, right? It's, 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 it's time. We were like... Uh, the, a month ago, we we're like, oh, my God, there's so much to do. How can he possibly get it done? Well, he hasn't done anything yet. And, and I'm assuming for this team to be as good as it needs to be this year, that's going to have to happen before everyone shuts it down for the summer in terms of trade and uh, real free agent activity. Like he's going to have to get going here with July 1 this weekend, just around the corner, free agency opening. The Leafs, it's time to get moving here there, Tree. Yeah, it's it's tough, though, because... You know, we all say, oh, if there's going to be a big shakeup trade, it has to come before the, the the no moves kick in and all that. But, you know, you obviously have to sell Austin Matthews on anything you're going to do there regarding a big move. And I don't think a big move's coming. No, no, not a big move. But then if it's not a big move, what are we sitting here holding our our, our breath for, for, for the Leafs? You know, if it's because I can't I'm, build this team exclusively in free agency. No, I, no don't, chance. I do not disagree with you, but I'm just saying, even if it is not a, a big move in terms of a player moved out and this team doesn't have any future, so it would have to be. But I don't even know that a big move's coming the other way. You know, we know everything that happened in Calgary there and the tire fire, pardon the pun, that's going on in Living's old stomping grounds. I don't even know that they can go pick at that. You know, we've, we've all bandied about the idea of a Noah Hannafin or something like that, that only happens with something big going going the other way. So yeah. that that's where I continue Despite to wonder. Despite the leverage Calgary's lost on yeah. Hannafin recently and seems seemingly everybody else. I yeah. mean, Calgary, big losers over does the that, weekend. Quickly, does that make you feel any different about Treliving, the kind of wake he has left them in? Now, obviously, he wasn't there for all of last year, so that's not entirely, entirely on him. But... You know, we talk about Dubis and the mass exodus of the front office, but as far as the cap sheet go, you can make your quibbles well, much cleaner here. I think uh, we know why he wanted to leave. Yeah. Right? Like, it, he could have been the GM still there. He could have been the guy running yeah. the show there. But when everyone is talking about leaving, when there's reports that the Edmonton Oilers knew they were so fragile and they could break that team apart yeah. if they came back and won that series, like, it just seemed like everything was hanging on by a thread. And we saw Paul Maurice do it, right? Yeah. He saw what was happening in Winnipeg, and he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the PR route and just say, I, I don't have. They're better than what I can give them, right? Like that was the message. The Leafs are going to the Cup final next year. Is that what I'm hearing, Cuthbert? Hey, perhaps they might. Maybe. They got to do some work, however, this week if they're gonna get that done. Uh, we could go winners for Vlad Jr., George Springer. A couple, you yep. know, a big weekend for Vlad. A big accomplishment for George Springer. I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Reds, though, and Joey Votto because Joey Votto is back and he's hitting home runs. He is. And they did lose two baseball games over the weekend to the Atlanta Braves. Not the but one they I needed won. them to on Friday. That was the one I needed them to <laughs> yeah, lose. They, they won, much to your uh, dismay. One of the best baseball games of the entire season. I was reading about it, wasn't watching it, admittedly, but mm -hmm. like just the highlights that were coming out. Ellie De La Cruz hits for the cycle. Joey Votto is hitting home runs. 
And Votto compares Ellie De La Cruz to Mickey Mantle this weekend, but also delivers one of the great quotes I've seen post-game for a baseball game ever. This is Joey Votto after that game. This is not a sell quote. This is not a sell. My contract is guaranteed. But truly, the television doesn't do it justice. Watching these guys live is bigger, faster, dirtier. The game is fast, but these guys are faster. This is the most enjoyable version of baseball I think I've ever seen. For a guy who's really, that's the end quote, for a guy who's really, really like, he's had some opportunities, but Joey Votto has given a lot to a franchise that hasn't given much back to him. For him to be able to have this like real fun chapter, even though it's not going to be a World Series chapter, Mm -hmm. nearing the end of his career, I think it's better than the alternative, which was, hey, maybe he'll end up at Blue Jay. Like him having this moment in Cincinnati is pretty cool with all that talent that's there. Yeah. Good for him. I'm not a... You're not a Joey Votto guy? the biggest Joey Votto guy. Uh, you know, uh, we all remember his uh, his Crocodile Tears apology with Jamie Campbell wearing his Humboldt Broncos t-shirt after he said he doesn't care uh, about Baseball Canada. Yeah, I uh, did not forget that. And he is one of those guys who some people love it, but mm-hmm. it always seems like there is... I think he's very authentic and he's true to himself, but I also think 5% of it is like, hey, look at me. I'm riding the GO train to go play chess with my friends. Like, I just think, <laughs> look, if that, that works for you, great. Good on you. It does not work for me. Uh, and maybe, I love how we just sorry to interrupt. Yes. I love how we all have our athletes that we hold. Like I mean, there's a good reason. I have maybe. a lot. I but like lot. there's guys that just everything they do bothers us. It's and very for true. me, I if someone else did that, I would be the same way yep. you just said you it. I feel it. about so many other people, but it's just like we all have our own we biases. Our own. And that's my guy. So uh good for him, good for the Reds. Good, good okay, on you. Okay, that's fair. Good on you, Let's Joe. Keep, we'll keep betting against them, <laughs> but we, that might actually punish this us. feels like a terrible and idea. One more baseball. Angels and Rockies, both losers. Uh, the Angels outscored the Rockies 32-12 to 12 okay. uh, over the weekend. Yeah. Lost the series. Phenomenal. So Angels losers, obviously, for that stat. But Rockies also giving up 24 <laughs> runs, I believe, in four innings. Uh, that is loser stuff as well. Uh, that, is, so uh, that is Red Sox against the Jays that, stuff last yeah, year is what that is. big loser stuff right there. Anything else for you? Uh, no. Uh, we... we Touched on it all. Avalish, big winner. Sean Dersey, big loser. Have fun in Mullet Arena, but no more getting booed by Leaf fans. So I guess that's good for you. So yeah, there you that's, go. Uh, well, he still may get booed. Nah, the Arizona's busy. <laughs> They're too busy talking about Matthews. Uh, that'll that'll feel differently when he, uh, when he yeah, comes Yeah, it, it might hit just a little bit different. Uh, this hit with Frank might hit different because yes. it is a big, big, big week in the NHL. We got the awards. We got the draft. We've got a feverish movement and rumors galore. We will break down all the crazy stuff that we heard over the weekend and saw over the weekend and what we might expect this week as the NHL ramps it into hyper overdrive in Nashville. Frank, up next.